There are three passages of scripture that I want to read to you this morning. Have you read with me on the screen? And they are just excerpts of entire books and chapters of scripture. And what we are, uh, I'll try to explain it uh, as we, uh, after I read through this, but we're going to see three things happening here, uh, but a common theme. And so let me just read to you Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. We're keying in on the word light. I want to go to John chapter 9, verse 5. There is a verse of scripture there. Jesus is speaking and he said this. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. There's that word again, the light. Let's now look at Matthew chapter 5, verse, uh, verse 14. Jesus, again, is speaking this time to his followers. And here is what he says to us who follow him and love him. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's the word that I want us to pick up on all of these passages of, uh, of Scripture. And have you seen the movement in the three passages that we looked at? The light that is dawning in, the great, uh, in a world of great darkness mentioned in Isaiah chapter 2 is clearly identified when Jesus stood in front of people and proclaimed, I'm the light. I am the light of the world. And then Jesus would say to us, and, and by the way, let me back up and say, when Jesus said that in John chapter 9, he said, he said that while he was in the world, he's the light of the world. But then he made a a shift, if you will, and he points, if you will, to his followers, people who know and love him and are, are believers in Christ. And he says to us, you're the light of the world now, because we do know that Jesus Christ was hung on a cross. We, we had a beautiful song sung about that. And we know that Jesus came to the world with a mission of going to the cross. And we know that he rose again. And he's no longer in the world, uh, not in a flesh and blood sense. He is with his father in glory. He sits beside him and he is glorified now. And now Christ is in us. That's what uh, Romans tells us. Romans chapter 8 tells us that Christ is in you. And because of that, you are the light of the world. We've been in this series that we've called the light for our Christmas season. And um, we have been looking particularly at this passage of scripture in Isaiah verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 2, that tells us uh, that people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. And we took a little while the first uh, week of this series to thank God that the light has dawned. Amen. The great light. And we have said the light is not an object. It's not the sun. It's not some celestial body. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. And we celebrate it as a church because we know the light has come. It has dawned in this world. And then we spoke a little bit about some of the timing of how God made that plan happen. This was a prophecy when it was given in Isaiah. 800 years later, we talked about how Mary had the Lord in her womb. 
The prophecy was fulfilled. And then we looked at the, the joy and the lives of the shepherds when Jesus was born. And the angels appeared to say, he's here now. And the great celebration. And so we're looking at this and we're, we're traveling through what this light is and what it means. And the light that shines from Jesus is his righteousness. It is his holiness. The, the people who walk in darkness are people who actually walking in unrighteousness, unholiness, if you will. And that's not, this won't be the main emphasis of my sermon today. But I would just point out to you that a world without the light of Jesus would be a dark, sinister, horrible place. And those places that shut out his light are, are, are definitely dreary, terrible places to be. Without him, people do live in a land of the shadow of death. Without Jesus, every person without him is lost. They grope in the darkness. They face utter destruction. The light of his holiness That draws people to him. That is the light that we are talking about. The light that we need. It is the salvation of of humankind. And what we read in Matthew chapter 5. Is what I am wanting us to think about. For the rest of this particular sermon today. As we are wrapping this series up rapidly here. There are three phrases that Jesus said. In these short verses. just, Just really three verses. That I would like to look at. Jesus communicated some things to his followers. And if I do my job well, we'll all go out of here with a better understanding, a clear understanding of what God's will is for this era, this time that you and I are living in and what these phrases mean. The three phrases start with the first phrase, you are the light of the world. Now, here's something that I have absolutely come to believe with all of my heart. If there is any good in me, if there is any holiness in me, any wholesomeness, it is because Christ lives in me. And that according again to Romans chapter 810. You see, Christians are people with Christ dwelling inside of them. And that's the light. He is the light. His spirit is the light. The reason we shine is Jesus. And without him, there's no shining. There's, there's not any real shining anyway. His spirit in us from the moment that we believe in him enough to turn away from our old ways and, and ask him to forgive our sins. And we repent and we follow after him and we open ourselves up to him to enter into our lives and guide our lives. That moment is when we begin to have a light shining in us. And really, in reality, we do not shine. We don't. Only Christ shines in us. Without him, there's only darkness. His light uh, lights our lives with his holy presence. I'm so grateful for the presence of the Lord in my life. I'm so grateful that one day I had the privilege of receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If I don't light myself on fire, I'm going to lay this down so that I don't. The light of Christ came into my life and I began to shine. And I'm so grateful for the reality and the power of that. His light shines in us. And he is the one that can come into any dark, dirty, humble place and make it a holy place. 
and illuminate that place with his presence. When Jesus told his followers that they are the light of the world, he was saying that to them because he knew what his Holy Spirit could do in each of them. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all the same. That's what the scripture teaches us. They're separate, but they're all the same. Jesus said, we are one. The Father and I are one. The Holy Spirit and Jesus are one. And all very God, yet three separate entities. And the Holy Spirit can dwell and does dwell in the hearts of people. The Spirit of Christ lives inside of us. Christians, in our country, we have a very big challenge. In terms of religious affiliation... The fastest growing group in the United States of all religions and of religious affiliation, the fastest growing group is the group saying that they have no religious affiliation. In 1990, about 8% of our population identified themselves as having no, no affiliation, no religious affiliation. In our last census, 25%, one in every four, uh, Say, said in the census and indicated that they have no religious affiliation. Our country is in desperate need for Christians to let their light shine. Our country is in desperate need for us to reflect the love of Jesus Christ. This is a light that wants to be reflected, the light of Christ. And we are the light of the world. The light of Christ can be seen in us if we let him. And our next statement helps us understand what is happening with many believers in our country and why the light isn't so bright sometimes. Jesus said, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. And what Jesus is saying is once he enters into our lives and we follow him, we will shine because that's what we are intended to do. As I said, he longs to be reflected. Jesus wants people to notice him. The light wants that. He wants to be noticed. He wants people in the darkness to see his light in us. What we are not to do is to fail to shine with the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus talked about how it makes no sense to light a lamp or a candle and then cover it up with a bowl. It makes no sense for someone who has been lit, if you will, with the presence of the Lord. To have Christ shining in them to ever do anything to then hide that light. We are to let him shine. Well, how do Christians ever hide the light? What are some of our bowls? We have things that we do in our lives that have an effect that's something like this. It kills the light. And sin will do that. What is the bowl in our lives? What is the bowl for you? Is it an attitude? Is it something that you just keep repeating, a repeating sin in your life? Are you too uh, ashamed to let people know that you are a believer in Jesus Christ? Are you worried about persecution? Are you worried about some kind of backlash in your life? Because something is happening in American churches. Something is happening with us because I don't know if it's because we we are too in love with the world, which the Bible does talk about and says that believers who become lovers of the world become enemies with the Lord. Or if it's because we just don't like 
uh, to have some backlash because somebody's offended by us. And we live in a society that's becoming more and more offended by just the light. But the light needs to shine. And we need to be willing to do it. What are our bowls? You see, Christians live like no others live without apologizing for it. And I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. But I don't have anything to apologize for if I love Jesus Christ and I follow him. I don't need to live this way with an apology. I need to celebrate that the Lord would even have me in his family. I'm not ashamed to tell people that I love the Lord Jesus Christ and I love the word of God and I believe in it. And and that's letting the light shine. Jesus would say to us, if anyone in Luke chapter 9 is ashamed of me or my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. The glory of the father and of the holy angels. I don't want that to happen to me. But what a statement. People who light a light don't then cover it up. Finally, the third statement that I'd like for us to look at is let your light shine before men. Let your light shine. Now, before we think about what this statement is saying and what it means, let's take a minute to be reminded of what it is not saying. Jesus did not say that we are to make our light shine. Instead, he tells us that we are to let our light shine. And here's why I think he chose those words, the word let over make. The light isn't there to draw people's attention to me. The light of Christ in my life isn't, to put it in a very blunt way, it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. And so there's nothing I can make happen. Whenever I try to make something happen, somehow the focus becomes on me. And it's not even a genuine light. There's... I'm not holy enough in and of myself to reflect the love of Jesus Christ or the light of Christ. The way that the light of Christ is reflected in me is I let his light be reflected in the way that I live. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. And here's what I think Jesus would have us to do. I think he would have us focus on how can I give God glory in my living today? How can I live in such a way that pleases him? One of, one of my um, favorite athletes here of late is Carson Wentz. And I'm a Redskins fan. But I love Carson Wentz. And one of the things I love about him is he walks around with a, um, a little saying somehow. I, I forget how it's, it's. I don't think it's tattooed. I, I think he wears shirts. But it's, it talks. I think it's a shirt. And whenever I've seen him interviewed, he had a shirt. And it says, audience of one. And Carson is a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, unapologetically so. And he reminds himself that the person he is living his life for is Jesus Christ. It's the Lord God. And he asks himself all the time, how can what I'm doing right now reflect the love of Jesus Christ? How can it not be about Carson and how can it be about Jesus? And I would suggest to you, Christians, that the world needs a whole lot more people living that way. When we take our focus off of living for us and our own light, forgive me for putting that word in there, but put it in quotes. When we're trying to just shine because we want to be noticed, then Christ is not glorified and we're trying to make something happen that will never happen. Our job is not to make a light. Our job is to reflect the light of Jesus Christ. 
And what a powerful thing it is when we are capable of living our lives in such a way as to bring him glory. I love what Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says. But you will receive power after or when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. That is what I want to do for God's glory. I like what John the Baptist said when, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, John the Baptist when Christ was in his earthly ministry and for, for a while, John the forerunner of Jesus Christ was preparing people to meet Jesus. And the day came when people came to John and, and John had become pretty popular. John had a lot of people appearing to him and they considered him their spiritual mentor. They listened to him. Many were baptized by him. They loved John. And John was a powerful minister of the gospel. And then Jesus came on the scene. And some of his own disciples, John's disciples, came to John sort of complaining and saying, basically, hey, all these people that used to follow you around are now, they're going over to Jesus and they're following him around. And I love what John said. He must increase and I must decrease. Oh, that that would be our our attitude. Oh, that we would understand like John, that one was coming after him whose sandals John wasn't even worthy to untie. Oh, that we would find a heart to reflect the love of Jesus Christ in the world that we live in. You see, the light needs to shine. And we need to be reflectors of that. We have a mirror up here. And I'm just going to say this. Christians live lives that reflect Christ's light to the world. Can we just kill all the lights that we can possibly kill for just a minute here? Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll leave the Christmas tree lights up for just a second. Mirrors were built to do one thing. Reflect. And... They're designed to reflect. That's what they do, and they do it very well. That's what mirrors do very well. That's their whole function. If a mirror is doing what a mirror is supposed to do, its only job is to reflect. First, I've got to get my light to work. That's, their, that's the only job that they have. They don't make a light. Mirrors reflect a light. And I would like for you to make an analogy this morning. And ask yourself, how well am I reflecting Jesus Christ? I can't make the light of Christ. I can never make it happen. I can never be holy enough. I can't force that out of me. The only hope I have is to reflect the love of Jesus Christ. But too many Christians allow things to obscure our walk with the Lord. We just let things happen to us and things come into our lives that makes it nearly impossible to reflect his love. We can't do it because there's too much obscuring what we are in what we are doing and how we are living. There is too much in, in a way of how we are living that is in the way. Of the light of Jesus Christ. And so people don't see Jesus in us. What kind of things do that? Sin. Sinful attitudes. Sinful thoughts. 
selfishness, sins like evil thoughts, gossiping, hatred, bitterness, lust, dishonesty. In fact, every sin serves to do to our lives what shaving cream does to that mirror. We can't reflect the Lord when we are living in a way that doesn't bring Him glory. We can't, when we have dirty hearts and dirty lives, glorify the Lord. I think that one of the reasons why 25%, one in four in America are now identifying themselves as having no religious affiliation is because there are too many Christians who won't let the light of Christ shine. Too many of us are too busy with being selfish. Too many of us are rationalizing sin and acting like it's okay to do that. Jesus didn't do all that Jesus did for us to live this way. You forgive me for coming across a little bit strong today, but I need to get in you your face just a little bit and say, what do you think it does to Christ? When we mess up our lives like this and the light needs to shine and people are losing their souls because there are too many Christians dirtying up our lives and obscuring the light of Jesus Christ. How does that affect our Lord? How does that affect our relationship with the Lord? And I don't really have to go real far with this to, to try to play the role of the Holy Spirit and convict you. I'm just asking you to take a moment, Christian, and think about your life and ask yourself, am I reflecting the love of the Lord in my life? Or am I obscuring His presence? Because there's just too much in the way. I mentioned to you a little bit earlier that um, I received a sad phone call this morning I want to tell you the good news to that, and I I started to allude to it. Before coming to us, to my knowledge, Dama did not attend the church anywhere ever. This was her first church, her first church family. We have a family in our church who every Sunday, without any fanfare, goes to a place where people live who need help to have transportation to church. And they go out of their way and they pick people up and they bring them to our church. And Dama had been invited and she joined them and our, our friends who pick, picked uh, these, these wonderful people up uh, would bring her and Dama would get ready and come every Sunday. And there was a week when because of somebody letting the light shine a little bit, One week, Dama indicated that she needed Christ. And in one of our worship services, Dama received Jesus Christ there in the seat and accepted the free gift. The light was shining. The light had dawned for her. And she received Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. And she didn't know, and we didn't know, that a woman in her uh, early to mid-50s would today be sitting down to breakfast and suddenly 
be ushered into eternity. We do not know when it will be our turn. I am so grateful that some of our people were letting the light shine. They weren't making it happen. They just let the light shine. And for Dama, she got exposed to many of you here who love the Lord. And you weren't here with foreknowledge. Oh, she's going to be gone before the end of the year. You didn't know. I didn't know. We just we just loved her. And we just loved on her. And she was fun to have here. And I loved her smile every Sunday morning. I'd get a hug from Dama. And I didn't know the last time when I hugged Dama, it would be the very last time I would ever hug her. I didn't know that. But you know what? It really isn't the last time, God willing. Because when I go to glory, I have a feeling Dama will be there. And I have a feeling I'll get a hug then. And here's what I'm trying to drive home to all of us here today. How important it is for us to always be ready to reflect the love of Jesus Christ. And listen, it might be time for some of us to just get really honest with God and say, you know what? I look more like that than I should. My attitudes stink. My selfishness covers up the, re- the light of Christ. My sin keeps the Lord from being able to shine through me. In fact, I hurt the cause of Christ with my life. And maybe it's time for some of us to get real with God and say, Lord, you didn't do all that you did. You didn't dawn in this world so that I would live like this. You set me free. And I don't have to be a prisoner of attitudes like this. I don't have to be a prisoner of sin in my life. I'm free if I will trust you and live for you. And maybe it's time for us to consider the impact of our lives again and consider that it's not just about me, but that light that shines in darkness longs to be reflected. I want Christ to cleanse me from my unrighteousness and make me a clear, strong reflector of his holy light. I want Jesus seen in me. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed. Is there anyone in this room who this very day would say, you know what? I am not, I have not received Christ as my Savior. I'm not a Christian. But today in this service, I'm receiving Christ as my Lord. I'm accepting him as my Savior. I'm asking him to forgive my sins. And I am asking him to make me his own. If that is you, lift your hand in the air where I can see. I see a hand in the air. Someone receiving Christ this morning. Anyone else? Today, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. The light is dawning. And I see him. And I need him. And I receive him into my heart. And I thank him for taking my sins away. I want to live my life in a good way for God's glory. Is there anyone here now? And thank you for raising your hands. Is there anyone here this morning who by raising your hand say, I'm a believer? But Pastor Ken, I have struggled with attitudes and other things. And it is time for me to be cleaned up by the Holy Spirit. It is time for me to live my life for the glory of God. And here and now, I rededicate my life to him. 
I ask him to cleanse me of the unrighteousness of my life so that I can be the light of the world for his glory. Lift your hands up if that's your heart. That's what I'm asking God to do. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me pure. Make me yours. Let me reflect your light, O God. Help me to live for you.